Hello, I'm Dr. Annalene Weston, Dental Legal Consultant at Dental Protection. Welcome to Risk Bites, a series of podcasts created specifically for dental practitioners in Australia. Risk Bites looks at the key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice and guidance on how to steer clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high quality dental care for your patients. In this edition, my colleague Helen Harbour, who's Dental Protection Australia's in-house lawyer, and I will be talking about what happens when a practitioner gets served with court documents as the result of a patient complaint, usually regarding treatment that they've been provided. Now, this is colloquially known, of course, as being sued. Even uh, those of us who've never had this happen can absolutely appreciate that this would be quite a stressful and overwhelming situation to be served with court documents. So the aim of today's discussion is to ask Helen to explain what happens if we get sued, and hopefully she can help ease our fears somewhat about this whole process. So Helen, if I'm served with court documents tomorrow from an unhappy patient I've treated, where do I even begin preparing to defend myself? Thanks, Annalene. I think the first thing I'd want to say to you and to all of our members listening is please do not panic. I can assure you all that mistakes and accidents happen every single day and to even the most experienced, most accomplished and highly credentialed practitioners. So getting sued doesn't mean you necessarily did something wrong and definitely doesn't mean the end of your career or reputation. That's really reassuring, Helen. Thank you. But I will (laughs) say it's a little bit tricky not to panic. I can understand that. And I would like to preface what I've just said, Annalene, and just say that whilst there's certainly no utility in panicking, I equally don't want our members to ignore the issue either. So I can understand that probably sounds a little bit confusing for most dentists and confusing to know what the right thing to do is. So that's why I'm happy to have this opportunity with you today to discuss this with you for the benefit of all of our members. That's great. Thanks, Helen. So what's the first thing someone in this situation ought to do? So the very first thing that anyone should do if they are served with court documents, or even if they're notified about a claim or potential for a claim, is to contact us here at Dental Protection. And there's two very important reasons, Annalene, for calling us straight away. Firstly, so that we can reassure the practitioner, give them appropriate information and support and guide them through the entire process, as it's pretty stressful. We can answer all of their questions, help understand what the process involves and what will be expected of them, Knowledge is power. So once the practitioner is fully informed, that will allow them to feel a bit more at ease and in control of the process. Secondly, under our indemnity policy, members have an important duty to notify us of a claim made against them as soon as they become aware of it. This is because strict time limits apply in the court process from the moment that court documents are served. And we need to make sure that arrangements to engage experienced lawyers to act on their behalf are made at the earliest opportunity. Absolutely. And of course, we're blessed to have some excellent lawyers who we've had supporting dental protection members, some of them for 20 years yeah, plus. Yep. So the first important step is to call dental protection. What happens next? Well, as soon as we're notified by the member that the court process has been commenced, we'll immediately engage a lawyer from one of our very experienced panel firms, as you just mentioned, Annalene, who will act on the practitioner's behalf and in their best interests. It is important for practitioners to be aware that from the time they are served with a claim, they must only communicate with us and our lawyer in relation to this matter. It is most important that they do not attempt to try and contact the patient or discuss the matter in detail with colleagues. 
Once we've obtained as much information from our member as we can, we will ask them to provide us with a copy of their clinical records, which relate to that patient, and we'll forward these on to our lawyer to begin preparing to defend the claim on their behalf. That's great advice, Helen, because I think it's quite human to want to contact the patient and see if you can put things right at that stage. But of course, once they've instructed a lawyer, we really can't go round the back of that lawyer to the patient. Definitely can't, yeah. Now, you mentioned records, um, something I feel we talk about a lot at Dental Protection. (laughs) So what records, Helen, are you wanting the member to send to you? So I know which records I'm interested in as the dental legal consultant, but as a lawyer, what are you looking for? Well, essentially, Annalene, we need everything that the member has regarding the patient. So this would include clinical notes, operation notes, medical histories, radiology reports, histopathology reports, diagnostic tests, the odontogram, the perio charting, any digital planning, x-rays, photographs, lab dockets, letters of referral and correspondence passing to and from other practitioners and the patient. And this includes any emails and faxes. It would also include details of any financial transactions, including third-party involvement such as health funds or Medicare. Also very relevant could be administrative notes made by the front desk, such as missed appointments and reasons for those, and or issues with accounts payments. So to put it very plainly, Annalene, the members should send us absolutely everything they have in their possession which, which relates to that patient. If the practitioner is uncertain whether they should or shouldn't provide something to us, then they should just send it to us anyway. We can always review the documents and return them or discard them if they're not relevant. Um, And we certainly wouldn't disclose them if they weren't relevant. But there are strict obligations of disclosure within a court process. So we really don't want the practitioner to risk being in breach of their legal obligations. So that's why it's just best to send everything to us and go from there. Yeah, that's great advice. And just to be clear, copies of the records are fine. While I would love to see the look on your face if someone did send you some original study models, because I'm not sure you know what to do with them. It's important to know that we don't need original records. You keep those at the practice. It's copies. That's correct, Annalene. Um, Anything that can be copied should be, as there's always a risk that originals um, sent through the post, for example, could be lost or mislaid or damaged. So never send an original without making some form of a copy or backup first. A crucial part of the record that is lost or damaged could be perceived negatively were the matter to progress. Yeah, it could be because it could be seen as being intentional to conceal something, of course. Yeah. So while we do need as much information as possible about the patient and the treatment provided, a common issue practitioners find when they review their records is they don't contain quite the detail that they'd hoped they would. Now, as you know, Helen, practitioners will often ask us if they should update or amend their records before they send them to dental protection to ensure they've included all the information possible. So what's your response to that? That's a really good question, Annalene, and the answer is a resounding no. I understand that it's very tempting for practitioners who've just been sued or notified of a claim to want to amend or update their records to include as much detail as possible about the patient or the treatment while it's still fresh in their memory. It can also be tempting from a hazy recollection to add detail of a past conversation or discussion pivotal to the matter on receipt of a claim. But it's very important that practitioners do not do this. As well-intentioned as they might be, more often than not, amending or updating records when a practitioner has just been sued or a complaint has been made will be perceived as misleading and deceptive and may affect that practitioner's credibility in the claim. It's important to be aware that whether it be a written or more commonly now electronic record, there are sophisticated methods of audit to determine the time of making the record. There certainly are. 
and um, we're often asked to provide that or we ask for it ourselves, of course. Yeah. So when then is the best way a practitioner could provide any additional information to dental protection that might not already be contained within their records? Well, if there's important additional information that a practitioner would like to document about the patient or their treatment, they should just do so in a document separate to the clinical records and just provide that copy to us. This could be in the form of a Word document or even just an email. We'll also provide a copy of that to our lawyer and it will be kept completely confidential. Our lawyer then can review the additional information and can advise the practitioner then on the best way to utilise that information in the defence of their claim. Thanks, Helen. That makes perfect sense. So one burning question every practitioner has when a legal process is started is how long is this going to take? That is a very common question from anyone involved in legal proceedings. And unfortunately, Annalene, the length of litigation is analogous to the proverbial piece of string. Every claim is different, as is every dentist and jurisdiction. So the length of every claim is also different. While some claims do get resolved in a matter of months, it is unfortunately by far the norm for claims to extend to one, two, or even three years. In particularly complex cases, it can, can extend even longer, unfortunately. Yeah, we do often find cases can go on for quite a long time. And in fact, the longest running case I have on my books relates to treatment provided to the patient in 2010. Wow. Yeah. Yes, it does make it hard, doesn't it? And the best way for, practi for a practitioner to prepare themselves mentally if they've just been sued is the old adage, expect the worst and hope for the best. If a practitioner expects that the matter is likely to take around two years to conclude, then there is a reasonable chance they might be pleasantly surprised and it might conclude in less time. It's important to remember, though, that however long it does take, dental protection and our lawyer will be right by their side and will have their back for the duration of the journey. We certainly will, and we will be there with you and walk on that journey. I'm pretty confident yeah. the practitioner on that long running claim is probably sick of the sound of my voice. <laughs> um, so it's always good to remind people of though. Thank you, Helen. Uh, do you have any general tips for anyone who's just been sued or who's going through the legal claims process, please? Yes, Annalene, I do have a few pointers and important things for our members to remember. Firstly, be sure to contact us immediately, not only because it's a key term of your policy, but most importantly, because we can reassure you, guide and support you and engage experienced legal representation on your behalf as soon as possible. The sooner we can place all our ducks in a row, the better the likelihood is of success for the member's claim. Secondly, don't be embarrassed or think your career or reputation is going to be damaged from this. Being sued does not necessarily mean you did anything wrong. We certainly will not be viewing you that way. Thirdly, don't think the claim will go away if you ignore it. Any delay will almost certainly be harmful to your case. I've sadly seen some practitioners who are struggling to accept that they've been sued try to ignore the claim and ignore us and their lawyers. Unfortunately, this never bodes well for the practitioner at all. Our ability to defend a claim is only as good as the information we can obtain from the practitioner to enable us to best prepare their defence. So it will certainly ensure a much better outcome for the practitioner if they can be helpful and responsive to us and their lawyer. I would also strongly encourage the practitioner to let us know their fears or concerns as we can usually provide information, reassurance or even counselling support if it's needed. And lastly, I would say don't be worried about confidentiality or that we may report you to APRA or any third party. Our role is to support our members and we're completely on their side and we'll support them to the very end. Yeah, we certainly will, Helen. And I think on that note, it's important to remember that uh, dental advisors such as myself and the rest of our team, 
we're actually exempt from the requirements of mandatory notification. So we're not subject to the same obligations, perhaps, that other practitioners are regarding whistleblowing. So you can tell us stuff in complete mm -hmm. confidence and we're not going to go to the dental board behind your back because we wouldn't. But we also can't. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. how could you ever trust us? So yeah, just rest exactly. assured, mm -hmm. you are completely protected. Yeah. And thank you, because those are really practical and helpful tips for us to remember should we find ourselves in the unfortunate position of being sued. Helen, have you got any last words of advice that you might have for practitioners? Yeah, Aline, I'd just like to stress, just like in dentistry, prevention is always better than cure. If a practitioner has treated a patient and considered something was just not quite right, I'd strongly recommend they contact us straight away, even if the patient hasn't complained or specifically mentioned anything to them yet but the practitioner can see something on the horizon, it's important to try and be ahead of any complaint or claim if possible. In many instances, early intervention and careful management of a complaint or adverse outcome from the outset can prevent the need for court proceedings to ever be commenced. Remember, nothing is too trivial. If it is a concern to you, the practitioner, then it is best to discuss it with us. Yeah, that's really sage advice, Helen. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you all for listening. And we do hope that this podcast was helpful to you. And we look forward to sharing more guidance with you in the future. If you like Dental Protection Podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.